Well, good morning, church. It is good to see all of your faces, and I'm so glad to be worshiping with all of you who are watching online. My name is Helen Kim Nowak, and I'm the pastor of Community Life here. And for those of you who are part of our Community Life leaders and volunteers, please do stop by on the patio or blue room. We have a small thank you gift for you. It's nothing compared to the ways you have been so steadfast this really hard last 15 months. But we would love to see your face. We've only seen you on Zoom, most of you, for all these 15 months. So please do stop by. And then the rodents will also be there so that you can say um, hello. Well, these last few weeks, we've been in a series called Risen with Christ. And looking through Romans 8 and journeying through all the different treasures that are in these verses. And we began with the very first verse in Romans 8 that says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that is good news. And Pastor Rich reminded us that God has already made up his mind about you. And we learned that we are sons and daughters of Christ, but that even in this daughtership and sonship that we have, we walk a road that is full of groaning. But even in this groaning as we feel our weakness, Pastor Jackie reminded us last week that our weakness is not a place of shame, but a place that God uses for salvation. And so the verses we look at today now follow up on this, looking at this groaning, and we will look at verses 28 to 30 today. So let's take a look at these verses. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this Sunday, and we're grateful for this time to worship, to come together as a family of God. And as we look at another few verses in Romans 8, God, teach us your word. Holy Spirit, open our minds, our hearts, our lives to you, that we may see you in fresh new ways that water our souls and give us living water. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So in these first few verses that we saw in verse 28, we see in the very beginning as a follow-up to the verses before that talked about the groaning that we experience. And all of us experience groaning, amen? We're all in different seasons of life, whether you're facing a crisis at work, in your own health, Um, Perhaps things that are going on in your families, prayers that you've been saying for years and years. Whatever it may be, we know that to be human is to live a life with groaning. But then comes the good news of verse 28. And we know that in all things, the groaning, the good, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And to just caveat this, maybe if you're new to the Bible or you're, you know, haven't seen this verse in a while, if you are around Christians long enough, you may hear this verse in several different ways. In all things, God works for the good of those who loved him is pulled out again and again. It's a very commonly used verse. But there is something that this verse is not saying that sometimes it's used to say. The good, what is this good that God works all things for the good? What is that good that God is doing? This good is not about material success. So when, you know, a Christian gets a brand new car, it's like, well, you know, God works for the good of all of those who love him. 
incorrect. <laughs> that new house you finally got that you've been just waiting and saving for, you get to that point and your friend's like, wow, that's amazing. You go, yeah, God works for the good of those who love him. You know, it's like showing off, <laughs> you're in. Um, but then also it's used to comfort those in a very, very terrible way, in the kind of cheerless way of Job's friends, when people are suffering. Um, so maybe someone you know gets a cancer report, and then a Christian comes alongside and says, well, that's terrible, but, you know, God works all things for the good of those who love him. So cheer up. This won't be that bad. God's going to use it. And it makes light of something that is really dark and heavy. And by saying that, well, there's good coming. And yes, God can use all things, including our sickness and suffering for the good. But it is not to make light of the actual pain that is there. So it is not talking about material good, the kind of good that our world defines as good. But we're talking here about God's definition of good. So what is God's definition of good? And when we look at verse 29, I think we get the answer. It says, For God, those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. The good that God is up to, that he's working through all of our groaning, through all the good, is to conform us, his people, into the image of his son. And I just want to make, preface here before we dive into that, that yes, verse 29 and 30, they're used very often for a debate that has less, lasted the centuries of Christianity. Is this about predestination? Does God work through predestination or free will? And we don't have time to get into that now, but so often even, that debate hides something that is so essential that we can easily miss when we get into that argument. That what God is up to in all scenarios of anyone who's following Christ is he's conforming us to the image of God. And so what does it mean to be conformed to the image of God? When I hear the word conformity, I don't know about you, what do you feel or sense when you think of conformity? If you're anything like me, I resist it. I do not like that word. Conformed. I want to be unique. I want to be an individual. I want to be special. I want to be a little bit distinct. And when I think of the word conform, I picture myself like a bit of dough being shoved into this cookie mold, kind of like these gingerbread cookies, right? And we all come out with that big smile and our arms like this, and we all look a little bit like each other, conformed to the image of Christ. And that is so not what this verse is talking about. And we may resist in our culture the word conformity, but it is so much more than that. And when we actually think about it as human beings, we're all social beings and we're wired for conformity. And so the, we're all conforming to something or someone or another at any time. When I look back, um, so growing up, because I had a mother who was pretty severely mentally ill, we didn't do much except be in the house. So I knew my house really well, but we didn't have any activities outside the house. There was no summer camps. There was no, you know, going out and playing at your friend's house. So when I got to college, it became the time who cared about partying or clubbing? I was like, I want to know what swimming is like. I want to know what bike riding is like. And so I set off on an adventure to try to try out all the things I found interesting. So I thought hip-hop culture, yes, don't I look, the very essence. Hey, 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 what is the laughter? Um, I thought hip-hop culture was very cool. And so I'm very good at posing the part. And so I got my big baggy jeans, my pants, you know, the ones that kind of you can put three 
three legs in each leg. And I was walking around with those, and then I went over to Times Square, where I met a guy named Footloose. True story. Gold tooth. And he was really cool, and he was giving out flyers about his hip-hop class. And so I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I want to try this out. So with my big baggy pants, you know, I, I walked apart into that building. It was in a very sketchy part of Times Square. But I was like, well, he seemed really nice. You know, granted, I don't know his real first name unless his mom really called him Footloose. Um, and so I walk up these stairs, and it still looks really sketchy, but I'm always willing to try. And so I walk into this room, and there's like a few students actually there in the studio, and there's Footloose. And then he puts on the, you know, music, and he goes, okay, this is the song we're going to do, and here are the moves. Bam, bam, bam. And he's like popping all these things. I'm like, is this an advanced class, because <laughs> I was not coming for an advanced class. He goes, oh, it's an open class. So, you know, I am trying to, like, be this hip-hopper. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, it's an open class. I have no idea what an open class means. But the music started going, five, six, seven, eight, and I'm just so lost. It was like comedy. Everyone, I don't know how they knew these moves. It was like he had pre-taught them, but apparently they just learned it at the moment. But I'm convinced they all planned that moment because they all knew the, the parts. And I was just like, wait, what? We're going here? And it was a, a terrible experience. So I learned that I was, that I was trying to conform to be a hip-hopper. It was just not in me. But there was another time winter came around then, and I thought, you know, rather than skiing, snowboarding is really cool. So I got the pants, you know, again, the baggy pants. <laughs> There's something about me in baggy pants, apparently. Um, and so I got the pants. I got the snowboarding jacket. It's a little different from a skier's jacket. And I got the cute hat, and I braided my hair so I could look the part of a Burton snowboarder. And so I come out to my lesson, because, you know, I'm a beginner, and I know I need a lesson. And the guy's like, oh, you bored. And I was like, you really think that? I was like, no. <laughs> but... I'm glad you think so. He's like, oh, no, I could tell. You, you, you have, like, what it takes to snowboard. So I was like, oh, God, <laughs> this is not going to be good. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't want to wreck the image. You know, I've got the look. He's obviously convinced, this professor of snowboarding. Um, so I get on my board. I put my, you know, shoes in. And, and then he's like, okay, so we're going to take it easy. We're just going to do the falling leaf, falling leaf. You're just going to follow me down the hill. And I was like, Hold up, <laughs> how, do you, how do you move like a falling leaf? Don't just say falling leaf, show us. And meanwhile, all the other students were falling leaves. They were falling all the way down the hill. And meanwhile, I'm just like, no, I need you to break it down verbally so that I can learn what it means to do falling leaf. And that's when he knew all the posing and all of the me trying to conform to this snowboarding image was a facade. You know, so I have tried to conform to many different patterns trying to figure out who I am. And so all of us are also conforming at one time or another. So my question to you is, who are you conforming to? It's not a question of, are you conforming? But who are you conforming to? Are you conforming to what the workplace expects of you? Certain types of fields expect a certain sort of showing up, a certain way of spending time, a certain way of looking. Are you conforming to a culture of greed? Are you conforming to a culture of power and status? of fame, of getting those followers? Who is it that you're conforming to? And what God is up to in us is that he is seeking to conform us to the image of Christ. And what does that mean? We know what that means by looking at the person of Jesus. What God is up to, we just have to look at who Jesus is throughout scripture. Jesus is the one that is described as a bruised reed he won't break. 
the thing that is so slender and slim and about ready to fall over, he even won't break that. Every person, no matter how broken, is safe with God. He is the one who came and while dying on the cross, there was a criminal next to him. And no matter how checkered our past, no matter what we've done, no matter how crazy our past may seem, with God, he sees us in that moment and he welcomes us with wide open arms. He is the God that we can approach at any time. Jesus is the one who knelt and though he was a great teacher, he sat and he put water in a basin and he washed the disciples' dirty feet. The rabbi washed his students' feet willingly. He is the one who any of us can come to with wherever we're coming from. And we know that he came to serve, not to be served. And he put aside all glory, all that seed of power, all that he could have, the comfort of that, to give it all up, to come to our broken world, and to give up his life so that we could have life. That is what it means to be made into the image of Jesus. And so in us, it begins to break out through the groaning and all things God is working and working for what? Not material success, but to bring out the very image of Jesus in us. Earlier, I talked about that cookie dough. You know, I felt like conformity was like being shoved into that mold. But that's a terrible analogy. A much better one is from C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, where he talks about salt. And Jesus is more like salt. What is salt? Salt is something that brings out the flavor of what it's on. So you really taste the flavor of an egg, a broccoli, a piece of meat. When you season it with salt, you really get to taste that flavor only then. You know, true, the analogy breaks down. He recognizes you can kill something by oversalting it, you know. But the point is that it's less about us being put into this cookie cutter so that we all look like the same thing. But God is so huge, and to be made in the image and likeness of God, of Jesus, is so great that it takes all of us together, Christ breaking out in all of us, that even then we're each only one little sliver, one little facet. And it's all of us as Christ is bringing out the flavor, the true flavor, breaking up all the things that need to go and bringing out his presence in us, that all together as one church across this world, we then reflect the glory of God. So that is what God up to. The good that God is up to is conforming us to the image of Jesus. But there is this tension, right? So we, we know we're headed for this glory and this image of Christ, but we look around and you look at ourselves in the mirror, and we're so far from that. Right? We, we think we got it, and then we see, oh, not quite like Jesus. Not today. Not, not after this email. Um, and so we wrestle with this, and there's this tension of, in, as a Christian, there's always this tension. Already? <sighs> not yet. Already, but not yet. There's some things that we see progress in, and then not yet. And so what do we do with this tension? When we look at being conformed to Christ, we look again at who Jesus is. And when we look at who Jesus is, we see that he is a God who walked the road of suffering. His path, his glory came after a cross. And as his people 
We too, as his followers, we follow him on this path that is painful, through a broken world, through suffering. And it is through suffering that we enter into glory. God doesn't waste that suffering. He doesn't design it. He doesn't give it to you on purpose. But he will use every bit of it so that we become more of his image. And we begin to see glimmers of glory even now. Right? When we think about Christians, when I think about Christians that I have met in church over the decades, you know, some of the most joyful people that I have met, I've come to find out that they live with daily chronic pain. Like just excruciating pain where that's just constantly mentally present. And yet to talk with them and how cheerfully they show up, I am amazed. God has somehow miraculously worked that pain to not just squash them into being nothing, but to bring out a joy of Christ. I have seen people give so generously and often is people with very little income. The church is trying to do something. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to give. I'm like, oh, why don't we ask this person? <laughs> like, I know how much I am. Like, no, 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 don't keep me from giving. And they give so generously. Where is this open-handedness coming from? It is Christ working through having so little but being so thankful with what they have that there's this open-handedness. Oh, it's okay. You know, I've seen God come through again and again, and I want to be part of this. People who have experienced so much loss after loss after loss, coming alongside people who are grieving and just bringing healing because of what they have been through. God miraculously uses, he does not waste their groans, but they are somehow able to show up, not just give up on people or life, but he uses them to become a healing presence across the church to come alongside and comfort those who are grieving. Peter and Myrna Rodin. Myrna's like, don't look at me. <laughs> so I will. <laughs> I have had the privilege of working with these two in the last couple of years. And really, when I see them, I see a mini Jesus. Don't you? When talking with them and their transparency about their marriage and the hardships that they have worked through, their own journeys through the different walls, their journey into grief and loss and their honesty about that, when they're able to share that way and the ways that they listen and call out truth, mini Jesus. It's God working through all those years of faithfulness. And it wasn't an easy road. Those 30 years, I mean, I, they only know it best, but it was not just, yeah, I'm doing what I love all the time and life is great all the time, but it was a lot of groaning as they showed up again and again through those 30 years. And God used it all to form in them. When you encounter these two now, like I'm so glad I have the privilege of now, not 30 years ago. <laughs> not to say you weren't perfect back then. Um, but, you know, in their lives you see many Jesus. And that is what God is up to. He is forming a family across the world. And he is forming us into many Jesuses showing up. And imagine what that looks like. What would our schools look like? What would our neighborhoods look like? Our governments, you know, what would your family, what would you look like as you surrender and show up again and again? But we're in this already oh, and not yet. We're in this place where we see glimmers of like, oh, look, mini Jesus, a little bit of mini Jesus showing up in me, but then not yet. 
And another picture of that is something that we celebrate this Saturday. The already, but not yet. This Saturday is June 19, called Juneteenth. And it is a time for celebrating the emancipation from slavery. But when Lincoln signed that proclamation, it took two years before, because there was no internet, quick email, like, hey guys, just want you to know, or quick phone call. There was none of that. People had to ride on horseback over the miles announcing this good news. So it took two years before Union soldiers arrived in Galveston, Texas, in June 19, 1865, and announced, you're free! And can you imagine the joy that broke out? Apparently, immediately, those former slaves, there was prayer, there was feasting, there was dancing, there was celebration that broke out because they hit this moment after a really long, intense, painful journey of many deaths to get to this moment that had a glimmer, a glimmer of kingdom breaking out, freedom. And we know that that journey is still not over. There's still more. We've seen that this past year. We have so much more to go in the area of racial reconciliation, of seeing humans for humans. But just think of June 19, 1865. There was that moment in that already not yet. There was a little bit of already there. And so we celebrate that in the midst of the not yet that God is at work, and we do get to see glimmers of already. But at the same time, in this passage, Paul points us, yes, know that God is at work now and that he's conforming you to be many Jesuses, but there is something more coming. As a people of God, we're not to settle down here. We're not called, like, this is not all there is, and yes, glimmers of glory. We're meant for glory. And the very last verse, if we can pull up that verse, Jesus, I mean, Paul talks about those he predestined. There's this movement here. Verse 30, those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. And it's not just about giving us a calling. It's not just about giving us right standing so we can stand in the presence of God. But it is glory that we're headed to. And this glory is unlike any other. That the very best moment of your life, the very most Jesus-like person you've ever met, is still just a fragment of what is to come. Another analogy from C.S. Lewis is light and darkness that he uses. You know, imagine a people, imagine we were all a people living in the dark. And all we knew was that we were born in the dark, we grew up in the dark, went to school in the dark, went to work in the dark. And so we never saw anybody. We just knew there were others around, but we never knew color, we never knew shapes, and we just knew darkness. And then someone comes along and says, well, let me tell you about the light. Light is so different from darkness. There is this presence and this brilliance that shines light on you so that you reflect that back. And then by the light bouncing off, you can see one another. You can see faces. You can see shapes. And there's this, these colors. There's brilliance. You can see one another. You don't have to keep bumping into each other. And the person in the darkness, if this is how we grew up, would be like, no. It is just such an other category that it makes no sense, right? But that is what we're destined for. And so I want to read to you some lyrics from a few decades after June 19, 1865, when James Weldon Johnson wrote a poem that soon became recognized as informally the Black National Anthem 
and his brother ended up putting it to music. And so I think some of you may be very familiar with it. But as you hear these words and reel along with me, we know that there is an already and there's a not yet. And there's a deep thanksgiving in this song, recognizing the freedom and the joy that God has brought, while also recognizing that we are on a journey. And so wherever you are, you may be right now in a deep place of groaning, of hanging into something that you have not seen any change in, in your job situation, with your health, maybe a relationship or your family, whatever it is, we are in this already, not yet. But there are glimpses and God can work a victory. The words of the song say, lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chastening rod, felt in the days when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers sighed. We have come over a way that with tears has been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered. Out from the gloomy past till now we stand at last where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. And in all our groaning, we can all say, God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, thou who has brought us thus far on the way, thou who has by thy might led us into the light, keep us forever in the path we pray, lest our feet stray from the places, our God, where we met thee. And so as Christians, as people being conformed into the image of Christ, know that God is up to good. His good is to make you into many Jesuses, breaking out all over this world to show up in those ways. But those moments of glory you get to taste are nothing compared to what is to come. We know that because God sent his son. His son gave his life on that cross. We know that because God poured out the Holy Spirit upon us that witnesses to us again and again that we are his children. And so what is our response? It's like the song. In the midst of groaning, we sing. We sing by how we live. We sing by showing up. We sing by showing up in days where it's just darkness. Because we know that what God starts, he's not going to sit back. He is at work to bring it to fruition. And so we sing with our lives and we encourage each other when people have no voice to sing to bring out the song, a collective song that rises and is so powerful all the more because of the darkness we go through. And one day, that song is never going to end and we're going to bow at the feet of Jesus and declare praises and all the darkness and the groaning we have been through are just going to be a shadow 
compared to the glory we're in. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you and we thank you, God. Father, that you are a faithful father, that you are a God who brings your people through groaning towards glory. And every day that we live, we move one day closer to glory. God, we thank you that in the midst of the brokenness and the groanings of our lives, you allow us to see that you are at work by showing us glimmers. Thank you, God, for the ways across this church that you have used so much suffering. You have not wasted a single tear. It was not your desire to cause anyone to go through pain, but you did not waste a single tear or moment, but you are constantly using it to transform your people into many Jesuses. So God, we give our lives to you. Work through us, transform us, break what needs to be broken in us. We want Jesus to rise up in our, each of our lives that the world around us would see that you are Lord, that you are the good God, and your praise is eternal. Lord, we give you thanks and praise and our lives to you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand and sing this song together one more time, just declaring the goodness of God. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free. Oh, is free. ransom me his grace runs while I was a slave to my 
Amen. Amen. What good news we just heard today. Let's give it up for Pastor Helen for blessing us through the teaching of God's Word. Just a great gift. Uh, Pastor Helen will be downstairs, uh, as will uh, Peter and Myrna. Where did you guys say? In the porch area? Where, where are they going to be? In the porch area or the blue room? The patio in the blue room area. So make sure you uh, step downstairs, say hello, offer your thanks uh, before you head out of this uh, room here. What great news we just heard today. I want to encourage you at some point this week, uh, read those verses again. Meditate on those verses. Uh, listen to this sermon again. It's just good news for us. Good news about our present. Good news about our future. Good news for us individually. Good news for us as a community. Uh, just what a wonderful, wonderful gift. Before I bless you all here, just want to let those of you watching online know that there's not going to be any sermon discussion time today. Uh, uh, we'll see if we return to that uh, this next coming uh, next week. But also want a quick word of registration for those of you in the room here. And those of you watching online, I, I, the simplest way I could say it is there's some FAQs uh, on the screen there. You can scan that. It's on our website. But very simply, if you want to come to a Sunday gathering, there are really two things you can do. Number one, receive an email from us and register. Number two, go on newlife.nyc on Mondays and register. So you either get an email for us, and if you're not on our email list, just go to our website and you can register on Mondays. We are capping in this room here at 350 people, and we're doing that for the time being. And in a couple of weeks, I'll get back up here and offer some words about changes that we're making, what's staying the same, what's changing. And so we're in a new reality. We're taking it a week by week. But it is, isn't it so good to be in the house of God worshiping together? Amen. We praise the Lord. For those of you watching online, maybe you've been in, a, in, in this room here, I want to give you an opportunity. On the screen there, there's an opportunity for you to text yes to Jesus. And maybe you came into this room, maybe you, you're worshiping in here for the first time, maybe you turned this on, maybe you live in a different state, a different part of our world, but you feel the Holy Spirit, something tugging at your heart saying, yes, I want to say yes to God. I want to say yes to Jesus. We want to serve you along those lines. And so whether you're in this room watching online, feel free to text that phrase, yes to Jesus, to that number. One of our pastors would love to follow up with you to help you uh, get started on your journey. And so don't leave without texting that phrase, especially if you sense God doing something in your soul. As we close, let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. And one of the things that we're changing today, typically after we bless you in this room. Uh, you sit down, Pastor Jackie comes up and gives a word. Uh, we're not doing that anymore. And so when you're, when I bless you, you are free to go in the name of Jesus. All right. Look at, look at those smiles. I see those smiles under those masks there. All right. And so let me bless you. Open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. Wonderful words we heard today. God has called you, predestined you, justified you glorified you what word brothers and sisters sons and daughters of the living God may the Lord bless you and keep you make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace and may you walk out of this building in the power of the Holy Spirit knowing that glory is coming knowing that your groaning will come to an end knowing that God is working on your behalf right now 
I bless you all today in the strong, in the beautiful, in the resurrected name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Grace and peace to you all.